Welcome to 3 In, 3 Out, the most unique Seahawks podcast. On 3 In, 3 Out, we like to dive deep into the micro moments of the game, the nooks and crannies, if you will, because that's what fanatics do. I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. Find me on Twitter at Clinton Bonner. And I'm joined by the great Brandon Schultz and find him at Seahawkers Pod on Twitter. All right, Flock, let's dive into the sober yin and raging yang that is three in, three out. Go Hawks. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to the newest edition of Three In, Three Out, the most unique Seahawks podcast out there. I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. I'm joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. Brandon, we are now 12 and 4. We relinquished yet another foe. Maybe it wasn't pretty. Uh, you know, really, who cares at this point? We will talk about it, of course, but we get through it. We get the, was it, 26 to 23 W. We go to 12 and 4 in the year. We smash some records while we're having some fun doing it. And now it's on to the playoffs to hopefully go beat up on the Rams once again. Brandon, how are you doing today? Clinton, when the Seahawks were down by 10 points in the fourth quarter, it was 16 to 6. And the only thing going through my mind at that moment was, oh my goodness, I hope we start with an in on three and three out. And it was slipping, right? It was, let's let's be honest, like when it was 16 to 6, where would you put the, the mental percentage of, uh, of us starting with it in? Where, where, where would you put it at that point? Yeah, right about at the start of the fourth quarter when I'd watched the Niners roll off 16 unanswered against the defense and the offense not move since that fourth drive where they were busting franchise records. I, I was thinking that uh, it needed to happen sometime soon, but uh, I guess... I've seen this movie so many times before that I was probably 50-50. You know, it's funny you say that. I was in a similar boat. I was like, I was pissed. Like everybody, I think everybody was like, what is going like? Hey, again, awesome. Even even when Wilson, not our Wilson, Jeff Wilson Jr. trotted in to make it 15 to 6 with the extra point to come right after. I was still like, yeah, I think we can win this game. I, I was still in that in that mode and thank the maker. We do make this epic comeback and it wasn't easy. You know, we didn't make, even even when we got down there, we'll talk about it. Even when we got down to the goal line, we didn't exactly make it easy on ourselves. And we'll certainly talk about red zone today, a little foreshadowing. You was talking of foreshadowing, Brandon, you hinted at it. Heck, you might have even gave it away, but that's okay because the regular season's over. But still remind the good folks out there that we have this one rule, our golden rule on three and three out. Brandon, what is the one rule? Yes, there is no forgetting this rule this week because I have already mentioned it. It is when we win, we start with an N. We start with it in. I'm going to celebrate it twice because, you know, it's the rule so nice. We got to celebrate it twice. So let's get right to the raging Yang side of the ledger. Let's start with that first big in, Brandon. Yeah. We are starting with a big in. So, Brandon, I, you know, you know me, Brandon. I like the liquid white. I like to paint the canvas. I like to let people, you know, get back into the moment here. So I'll give a little bit of a little bit of that, that scene setting, if you will. It is second and six. We're down 16 to 12 in the fourth quarter. We have had a heck of a time getting off the field in this game. And, and C.J. Beathard's looking like Joe Montana and frustrating us up and down the field. Now, further painting, this is pretty much directly after uh, Jamal Adams just got hurt. So Adams gets dinged. He's going to the sideline. We're like, oh my gosh, I'm totally in favor with trying to win this game because we've got, I'm like, we have got to write this ship. We got to do what we got to do to try and try to get this chip. 
get Russ back in the zone and and just win the freaking game to, to build a momentum. And that's kind of the price you pay. Jamal gets dinged, but on that play, second and six, 16 to 12, who comes crashing down the line, cutting through, Maybe it's a tackle for a loss. Maybe it's a tackle right at the line. But it's none other than Ryan Neal, who just came in the ball game. He smashes down the line, makes a big, big tackle. And then finally, Brandon, on the very next play, we get off the darn field and they have to punt. So I want to place that in, that big first beautiful in to Ryan Neal for. He had had to step in when the main guy went out. Character actor comes in. Gets the big tackle, but he does his best. Jamal Adams crashes down, gets the big hit. And I was like, man, that dude just made possibly the play of the game because it was setting. We had to get the momentum. And I think Ryan Neal got it for us right there. Yes, I this was one of the plays I labeled. I I was waiting for you to quiz me on who this player was on this play, Clinton, because I had the answer. I knew the Jeopardy answer of Ryan Neal. And on this particular play, it was. You know, it it was just a great move by him to get inside. Yes, it was just a one yard gain. So the the running back does gain yardage, but on on second down, you know that qualifies, I, I believe, as a stop. But it's not just the the him crashing down the line. It was there was another reaction in this play because Jordan Matthews lines up right across from him, the 49ers wide receiver, and Neil just blows right by him inside and and gets the angle and comes in from behind to make the tackle. And my favorite was watching back on this, Jordan Matthews looks over to the sideline like, what am I supposed to do? And like puts his arms up in the air like, <laughs> I, I didn't even have an opportunity to block the dude. He just went right by me. So I definitely do apologize for for not, you know, not giving you the opportunity to, to knock that one out of the park. I was feeling it. It's the first in, Brandon, you know, I mean, so I was feeling it, wanted to complete the circle, if you will, there. But Overall, for the day, I would say I was happy with the amount of amount of like clicks and clacks and hats that the Seahawks brought. I thought we were, you know, if you put if you put the hits on the scale, I thought we were the more the more aggressive team defensively. And I feel we definitely laid some more wood throughout the game. Yeah. And I don't know how much you want to get into just some of these individual players, but but we saw multiple guys on defense making big plays, laying the wood, you know, even on some offensive plays, some special teams plays. So I, I did like the physicality. That was one of the things that I talked about going into this game was matching the physicality of the 49ers, especially after what you saw from them doing what they did against the Arizona Cardinals. They weren't going to go away lightly in this game. They weren't going to roll over. So you needed to match that physicality, even when, you know, clearly you've got the more talent on your team because they a lot of their dudes are just busted up. Yeah, but they have they have that secret Sala weapon, right? You know, there's there's some there's some good juju that they they put the camera on that guy 22 times a quarter, and and you know they and they will it into existence, and and you know what you know what I will what, what I want to will into existence is him finding a head coaching job, and we not seeing him twice a year. How about that? I think that if he's going to get a head coaching job, it's going to have to be outside the division because. Yeah, with McVeigh making the playoffs, with Kingsbury getting close, I don't think anybody in the division is going to be making moves. So I do think that, yes, we we may only have to see him a maximum of one time next year, and that'd be okay with me. Yeah, well, I'd say max of two, because if we play them and then play him again in the playoffs. No, he's not going to the playoffs. Though. Okay, that's, I like it. You know, you know who else isn't going to the playoffs? Kingsbury, because he's pretty freaking terrible. 
We're now on over to the outside of the ledger. Hey, Brandon, listen, 26-23, we get the W. We go to 12-4. and We're marching on to the playoffs. The 49ers are going home. And yet, and yet, it this is just a thing with the Seahawks, I feel like, right? Like, we win. We win 12 games. We do some great things out there on all three facets. And yet, we're like, man, oh, man, this still felt really really not so great and, and it really could feel a lot better. One of the biggest things for me, Brandon, we know how we routinely will take it out and spin it into an in, especially when we win. I'm going to reverse this. I'm going to take some clear cut ins and I'm going to lay it out for everybody out there. The big thing for me was, hey, did we just talked about it. Did we bring the wood? Oh man, we, we brought the wood. Did KJ Wright take a soul? Yeah, K.J. Wright took a soul. Did Quandre Diggs take a soul on Wilson? Yeah, Quandre Diggs took a soul. The big thing for me is, though, Brandon, directly after we took souls, direct the next play, I believe, in both occasions, second and 15, when K.J. Wright lays out check, okay, and then when Diggs blasts Wilson, okay, the plays right after were big, blown plays and or big third-down conversions where we didn't get our butts off the field. So it's that momentum. It's like, oh man, I love those big hits. Those are get me out of my seat, grab another beer during the commercial, hustle back, you know, all those things you got to do. And then yet it was complete and utter deflation right after time and time again. And I was just not feeling that whatsoever. I I felt the same way, Clinton. It was time after time. I'm, I'm looking at this and Almost thinking that, gosh, save those soul-taking hits for third down because once you once you see it once and then you see it again, you're you're starting to notice a trend here. And I don't want those soul-crushing hits coming back to bite us on the third downs, giving up big third downs every single time. So, man, I was thinking, save those big hits, but I I, I know that those plays they just have to come when they come. You can't manufacture them that tightly. However, we have talked time and time again that very often it's the play before the play that that really sets up the momentum. And, and we've seen that throughout the year, like so much. In fact, we talk about it a ton on three and three out. We just didn't see it. We just didn't see the continuation of that momentum. You saw Bobby Wagner when when KJ Wright lays that wood and Wagner is going bananas for him. He's so fired up. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're, we're, we're going to get off the field here. We're going to get the freaking ball back. But then the next play, we're talking blown coverage. Kittle, wide open, busted coverage. So, I mean, maybe the out just goes on to some of the DBs. It seemed to me like Ugo Amadi had a pretty tough day out there. It seemed like he had a day where he was looking around and looking for answers several times after plays. What do you think? Is that scheme? Is it just bad communication? We haven't seen that in several weeks, but it, it, it reared its ugly head once again, and it was untimely. Yeah, this is a philosophical kind of outright. Who do you who do, exactly do you pin this on when you have that big kind of play that has the opportunity to energize the rest of the team and that energy just it goes away, right? I I don't know who to exactly pin this out on cuz you can't pin the out on the guys making the big hits. No, you can't. I mean, maybe maybe this is one cuz we didn't we purposely, I would say, did not talk a lot about, you know, COVID throughout three in, three out. The world talks about COVID. There's enough COVID stuff out there for that, that if you want to go, you know, look at that all day long, you know, go ahead, go ahead, go, go doom scroll all day long you want. I'll be doing something more positive and, and not doom scrolling. But maybe, just maybe, in this case, 
not having not having fans because even if we could have fans and even if it was in Arizona for some reason other than COVID, that place would have been 50 percent blue and green anyway. You know what? Give it to Ken Norton Jr. Because, yes, you can credit him with the, the comeback, with the defense. However, that had to happen. Ken Norton Jr. is not flexing on the sideline because if he was, the camera would be on him just as much as it is Robert Sala. So obviously you have the contrast of Sala to Ken Norton Jr. in this. The out goes to Ken Norton Jr. I like it. I like you making the determination. It is not the virus. It is just the fact that Ken Norton Jr. is actually a class act and Robert Sala could, you know. But, you know, (laughs) if he flexed more, that energy might be there. It might help, you know, disperse to the rest of the team. He might might put it over the top. I dig it. That's where the out's going. Come on, Ken Norton Jr. Next game. In fact, our playoff game. Just, you know, come on, show us the pipes. Let's get it going. Bring us the gun show just as we bring you two and two after the break. You know, Woolery's got the guns. Two tickets to the gun show. Let's do it, Chuck. We are back after the break. I hope everybody is feeling refreshed. Maybe use this time to do a little bit of thinking. I know I know I did, of course. And Brandon, I could see you were you were deep, deep pondering what will that next in be? Well, I've got I've got a bit of a cranny here. I got one that I that I like quite a bit. Second quarter, Niners are finally driving. It's we're still up six-nothing. There's about a minute to go in the half. And the Niners are starting to move the ball a little bit. They throw a little wide receiver bubble screen to Richie James, who in a couple of games with us and a couple of other games has, sh- has shown a little shake and bake, been a pretty good player. He's wide open, but off screen makes a very great open field tackle is Shaq Griffin. I know Shaq didn't stand out all game long. I know he had some issues throughout the game. However, I love Shaq just doing the job when it, when, when it was most needed. We're up 6 nothing. Let's keep them out of the end zone. They're finally putting a drive together. Shaq makes a beautiful open field tackle. We hold them to a field goal because I think Dunlap gets the bat down on the next play. And you know what? It's only 6-3. to three. I know the game went a certain way after this, but heck, if they end up scoring a touchdown there, I, we don't win the game, period. Yeah, give the assist there to Carlos Dunlap, too, on the very next play on third down because I think it was his hand up in the air that stopped that third down pass as well. But, you know, what really got that drive going in the first place was the deep throw to James that Shaquille was in coverage on. So, yeah, for him to bounce back from getting beat early on and then to hold it there just as they were getting inside the red zone, a a nice turnaround within the drive for Shaquille Griffin. Perfectly, perfectly stated there, Brandon. In fact, in fact, for the first time ever, I'm going to just weave this right into, into the sober yin. My out was exactly that, that play also by Griffin. Just to, just to put those on the table together and just bundle them as, as an in and out package that, you know, you get the my pillow, you get the travel pillow. Why not put them together? That out was like, hey, once again, do you remember what the down and distance was on that, on that James, uh, that James bomb? It was third and 14, a third Ugh. and long on the James bomb. It was. It was third and 14. And what's the one thing Pete Carroll like always preaches about his DBs? What's the one thing you can't do? Yeah, don't let the dude get by you, get behind you. And James got behind both Shaquille Griffin and Quandre Diggs. Diggs coming up to cover the receiver that was crossing uh, into the zone in front of him. And so, yeah, both guys get beat and 
that was really the one time where it hurt to see that happen. Uh, Kittle had an amazing catch, and I know we're talking about an end, so I'm going to leave it there. Let's go back to the good side of Shaquille Griffin. Okay, remember, this is the bundled in and out, so you can stick <laughs> with what you want. That is the out. So, But however... Uh, you know, sticking to that good side of Shaquille. Oh, we're, he, we're bundling the in and outs bundling. for this one. Well, this is, this is one. I this wasn't is paying in. attention. <laughs> you, you're always scrolling. You're scrolling. I understand. I'm, I'm throwing, I'm throwing like hot bananas at you. Like what is he going <laughs> to throw at me next? So you, you gotta be scrolling. I understand. You gotta be watching the all 22. This is the sober yin and raging yang in one. It is the in, it is the out in one this time. So if you want to stick on the out, you can, it's cool. Well, okay. So while we're giving it to Shaquille, we can also throw some Quandre digs in there. Beat on that particular play, that one deep pass. Also beat on the the Kittle pass, kind of yeah, because sort of it was. Oh man, I was so mad at Quandre for going up for the pick, allowing Kittle to get the one hand on the ball to to kind of tip it to himself, cradle it as he's going to the ground. And Quandre going for the pick when if he just goes for the ball and knocks it away, you avoid that big play. But then you have, you know, while we're spinning it back to the end, you got those soul crushing plays that Quandre Diggs had earlier on, too. So you had you had some yin and yang throughout the game for both of these guys. We certainly did. And I think maybe, you know, your maybe your point being, too, is like, you know, hey, Dude, Quandre, we've, we've seen you've been taking souls throughout the year and, you know, laying some wood. The, the Seahawks have been known to lay the wood on some big tight ends, right? This, yeah. this ain't the first time that a, t- that a tight end took a shot over the middle, looking at you, Gronk, looking at you, Vernon Davis and others, looking at you, Demarius Thomas. Yeah, I know you're not a tight end, but I'm still looking at you because you got blasted by Cam in the Super Bowl. So you can just stay there and just not try to get up and lose 43 to eight. So what you did, but, but, but the other part of it too, for me is he's also like our only DB. Well, not our only DB. He's definitely our most interception, um, you know, interception friendly DB, right? So yeah, he's got five on the year. He was Among the the top five, I think, in the NFL this season. So yeah, he's going for that sixth one to to move up the chart. You know, maybe if they counted souls, then Quandre would have been looking for to take Kittle's soul in that situation. But instead, they count interceptions, and that's what he was going for. If this was mutant league football, if you remember that that epic by electronic I yeah, do. electronic on the arts, Sega Genesis, yeah, mutant league football, you could literally probably reap souls. Which you know, you know what? We should get a sponsor next year for three and three out. It should be mutant league football. Let's get somebody on the horn. I don't know who you got to call for that, but we got to make that happen. <laughs> we got to get the Sega Genesis developers on the phone and sponsor a game that nobody's even thought about buying for over twenty years. But get Bones Jackson out there. That guy rocked. Okay, Brandon. Yes, we are on to our final in. That was a nice little sandwich package there. We, we got the fries with it. We in, we out. We're going to stick with just an in right here. We're painting the canvas yet again. We're going deep in this one. When I say deep, I mean late. And when I say late, I mean big. And when I mean big, I'm saying fourth quarter. 2.10 to go. We've now taken the lead, and we're not going to look back. 19-16. to 16. Now, the in could absolutely go to Benson Mayoa coming around the edge and getting the Hassan chop, the Miyagi-san chop on C.J. Beathard. The ball goes flying. Sure, the in could go there. The in could go to Rasheem Eyebrows Green, scooping it up, 
getting tackled, doing his best Statue of Liberty celebration down the field. It could easily go to Green, who played a very good game also. But no, Brandon, I'm not giving it to Hassan Chapmayoa. I'm not giving it to Eyebrows Green. Who on this play am I giving this last in to? Oh, it's got to be one of the guys in the middle. Are, are we going Puna Ford here? Not Puna Ford. I'll give you a take. Take another uh, shot. I at feel it. like I had a 50-50 shot on this and I missed it. If you're watching the replay, my only hint is watch until after the play. Let it let's what happens. What happens just after the play is done? Let it roll. Let it flow through you. So you, you said you're not giving it to Mayoa. You're not giving it to Green, who's holding that ball up in the air. You know, if I'm going early on in this play, that spin move, holy smokes, by Dunlap to get into Bethard's face was huge. Oh, man. So I'm going to give you know what? Circle takes a square on this one. I'm going to give you the win on that because I, it is Dunlap. I'm not even looking at his, you know, hit the hit the B button spinorama at the start, although I could I could call that back in my brain and go, yeah, that is that is awesome stuff. We do talk about like, hey, he had nowhere to go, couldn't step up, and then the Hassan jump from the other side, and the ball gets loose. But right after Green picks it up and he's tackled, he picks the ball up and starts to kind of parade down the field. They're about to march down to the, you know, to the end zone camera to all get together and celebrate as a team. And Kendrick Bourne from the Niners, he tries to come up from behind Green and swat the ball away <laughs> to destroy to destroy what would be the celebration. And who is it? It is the spin man himself, DJ Spinderella. It is Dunlap. He checks like in midair. He checks Kendrick Bourne, number 84, and just stops him in his tracks. And then, and then Kendrick Bourne just kind of like throws up his hands and kind of runs, runs and scuttles off to the side and goes away. He tried to scuttle the celebration. Dunlap would have none of it. It's that team mentality. He's like, no way, dude. You're not knocking the ball out of my guy's hand. We're about to go celebrate on your quote-unquote home turf, which is even better because Arizona got booted out as well, which is lovely. So the in for me is Dunlap for knowing the, the timing and saying, no way. You're not, you, you are not yucking our yum. You're not stepping on our flowers. We're stepping on you, your throats. You're done. Get out of here. Dunlap with the in. Dunlap with the end, you know, 84, that's a pretty poor SWAT job when, you know, get that stuff out of here, get to your sideline and go home. Yes. I hope people could go watch it again, you know, whether, whatever, go find it on Twitter or if you got the, the game pass, it's just lovely. It just, it just brought me, you know what it is? It brought me so much joy. I'm beaming right now thinking of it. And I, and you know what? I'm a sucker for defense. I like good defense. I don't care if it's defense when the, when the play is still going on or, or the whistle blew it dead. Dunlap comes up huge and protects that ball, man. That's Pete's mantra, right? Protect the ball. So Dunlap just doing his thing. Even after the whistle. Brandon, 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 Brandon. We are on to our final out, which is what happens when you when you win. You start with it in. We got to end with an out. That's a, this is the way the, this is the way the sober yin raging yang crumbles. Brandon, the big frustration for me that the out has got to be placed is it's three nothing. We start the second quarter. We have a nice sustained drive. We see Lockett go over a thousand yards. We see DK eclipse the all-time great, the best Seahawk ever, Steve Largent's receiving yards. We see Lockett then go get like, you know, the 95th reception and everything else. And, and we're breaking records here. We're getting these milestones. And yet we're settling for three. We're settling for three. 
in that first half, we're 0 for 2 in the red zone. And for me, I'm looking at Shadi going, where is the creativity in the red zone to scheme dudes open? Later in the game, we did better. However, frankly, it was like a rust scramble play with a baseball fastball with an unbelievable catch by Lockett for the first touchdown. And the second touchdown was a fourth down play where Warner is in Russ's face in no time flat. He throws a perfect ball. Lockett is open and catches it. But these aren't beautifully schemed up plays. Go watch the Bills. Go watch the Packers. When they run play action, dudes on the first, second, and tertiary level are open. We run play action in the red zone and nobody is buying it. This has been weeks now. We were so good at red zone offense and not Russ heroics in the red zone. Just good red zone scheming to get dudes open. We saw some last week with the Hollister. The Hollister cover two buster. That was a beautiful play. We did not see that. This week it was literally bailout city from Wilson to Lockett. Yeah, you know, Clinton, I, I understand especially what you're saying on this. The, the red zone conversion wasn't good enough. Just accepting the idea of taking throws when they just weren't there. I, I got to go to that that final throw on third and three. It may have even been third and two where they're just about at the 10 yard line. Russ has a nice pocket. He has two receivers over on the left side. It just it seemed like it was either going to go to DK or Tyler in that situation. But, you know, the, the 49ers did a great job at covering up those plays. And Russ, he he had the room maybe to roll out to the left to buy some more time with both those guys covered. He just he throws it up to lock it. It, it just wasn't anything there. It just seemed like everybody was comfortable with. You know, whether it was Schottenheimer dialing up the play that it, it just had to go to lock it in that situation or, you know, Rush just being OK with taking the three at that point in the game. It just there was no urgency. It felt like especially on that third down play to try and get into the end zone. Yeah. And it's to me, it was like one of those things where, OK, yeah, we converted late and not going to take away some brilliant play by Russ and frankly, two really nice catches by Lockett when they counted most. But those are not ones you could bank on every single freaking week. It's just, you know, down 10 late and then you get heroics. And again, it's just it, to me, it's just that I don't know. For me, it's got to be shoddies to own because earlier in the season, we just had more quickness, more bite, more plays where we were working the middle of the field, less fades, less things like that. There were more 50-50 and just, you know, that required less precision. When was the last time you saw like, you know, Carson jogging completely free or like, you know, Disley dragging across the back of the end zone with not a dude five yards around him? Okay, now go watch a Green Bay Packers game. Every single freaking game, there's a touchdown like that where a dude is just so wide open because they are biting so hard on play action. I just, we get down to the red zone. And if, for me, the big thing is I don't feel like they respect the potential for running the ball when we're inside the red zone. And they just like, you know what? We're going to cover this on every single level and you have to be precise. Luckily, Wilson was when he counted most because he is that good. However, man, it's not, it's not a recipe for continued success once we start playing elite teams, which by the way, Playoff start next week. It's one of the things I feel like we've been going to throughout the season is pointing out just how little Chris Carson seems to be on the field once this team gets inside the red zone. 
And I, I have to think that that would just make a huge difference in terms of respecting the run, because, yeah, there's the potential that you could run it with Carlos Hyde. There's the potential you can run it with Alex Collins five straight times and get into the end zone at the end of the game to put it away. There's there's the potential that Rashad Penny could break an, a you know a nice one even between the the tackles and get into the end zone, but I don't think there's that same level of respect for the other running backs as there is for Chris Carson. Yeah, and it continues to be kind of mind-boggling that you know the the money touches the the most important touches, not even just inside the twenty, but like inside the twelve, you know, inside the eight yard line, and he's just he's not getting a lot of chances that way. So hey. Maybe this is just a little little okey doke and it gets solved. But you know what? I keep hearing a lot of like, you know, you kind of are who you are at this point in the season. I hope that's not the case. The biggest thing, the biggest pain for me this game, the biggest out was we were inefficient in the red zone early. And frankly, again, I feel like we just had heroics late versus really great scheme where dudes are busting open, even though it's a tight space and like they're, they're working inside the inside the red zone, inside the 10. I want to see more dynamic options. I want to see quicker options. And hopefully we get it. I, I I don't know what the secret recipe is to it. All I know is we had it. We lost it. We haven't found it back yet. Brandon, that, that might have been the first time in a long time where we ended a three and three out, the traditional three and three, with an out after a win where we didn't spin it back to a positive in. However, this is why... Beyond the golden rule, we had the innovation in 2020. We call it the brand in. This is when you get to serve up your most luscious, your most delicious cranny and give it to the good people of the flock and say, this is my brand in. So <laughs> this is when I take two ears, zero mouths, very difficult for me, and I just listen. I'm ready for it, Brandon. All right, Clinton. Well, I'm going to go back to a point in the game where Everything was just golden for the Seahawks. They were up six to nothing. Yes, they'd had those couple failures inside the red zone, but they had the six and oh lead. The defense was dominating. Special teams was playing well. And that is why I'm going to special teams on this play, because it's not it's not an area where we go to a lot. And so when you have a guy, especially a guy like Nick Ballore, who is in the Pro Bowl. Yes, there's no Pro Bowl, but, you know, he can envision himself you know, under the lights in the Florida sun. You know what? Make it the Hawaii sun because sure. that's where it used to be. And coming off the line, Lyndon Stevens, the gunner, he he rolls down there. He gets a hand on the punt returner. It's nice. It's a nice long boot by Michael Dixon. I, I think he boots it 61, 62 yards through the air. And so you got Stevens rolling down there, gets a hand on the guy, he just has to hesitate just a little bit and decides not to go right. Too many guys that way. He goes to the left because he's got a blocker. He's got number 41 right there in front of him, Emmanuel Mosley. But Emmanuel Mosley doesn't account for the guy running at him is Nick Ballore. Ballore blows through number 41. He takes down the punt returner. It's only a five-yard pickup on that huge boot by Michael Dixon because Nick Ballore used a prop, and that prop was Emmanuel Mosley to take down the punt returner. I love it. Nick Carrot top Belor coming through Prop City. And man, we saw us a couple of times. We saw Jordan Brooks use Kittle as a prop at one point, too. And to give the love to Belor and really the special teams unit. Listen, we talked, we talked offense, we talked defense, we talked yin, we talked yang. We didn't talk special teams. So great job bringing in the special sauce here because, hey, 
This is a huge part of the game. We got Belor. We got Cody Barton. Cody Barton, every game, it's like two to three tackles, whether it's a punt return or a kickoff return, where I'm like, dude, that guy just, just licked somebody again, You know, did it again. And, and you mentioned Dixon. Dixon had a couple of tremendous boots. So special teams has been good. And we got Myers doing, doing a heck of a job this entire season, but I love it. I love the brand in going to Belor, and that's a great job because he literally just, he just decided, he's like, Mosley, you don't really exist as like, you know, a human or like matter in this universe. I'm going to just ghost dad through you as if you're not there anyway. You could try and stop me, but you're not gonna. And he just blasts the returner. Great call out because he, if he gets a seal block on him and just get that effort, who knows? There's two things, Clinton, that are, are going to get you on the positive side of the ledger when it comes to you, when it comes to me. One is taking souls. Two is prop comedy, using the other player to tackle another player. And that's, yes, Nick Ballore on this. I, I'm closing it out with my end. I love it. Yeah, smash that. Smash that watermelon there. Brandon, you know how we bundled that in and out earlier? We took the yin, we took the yang, we took them both, and there we had the facts of three in, three out. You know how we did that? Yeah. I, yeah. I know. I was there. You were, yeah, you were here for that. Exactly. I'm going to just keep, keep this vibe alive and say the MVC, the most valuable cranny, that's going to the brand in. That is going to Nick Ballore. You out cranny the cranny master here. That was fantastic. You went deep. You pulled the best one out. And frankly, out of the four we discussed, it was the one that got me the most fired up. So that's usually a good indicator that you really hit the cranny on the spot. The MVC goes to Nick Ballore. Nick, we're sending it up to the PNW. It'll be in your locker soon. Please showcase it on the gram. Hashtag it MVC. Clinton, it is time for our favorite part of the show. It is from the flock. If you want to be part of the flock, you can go to getintheflock.com. Supporting the show gets you into our Discord channel where you can post your ins, post your outs right there for Clinton, or you can support at $12 or more and get into our Facebook group where we're talking Seahawks every single day. And of course, you know, you can go the snail mail route, as we call it, and just tweet at Clinton Bond. Use the hashtag 3i30. Those those find their way into Clinton's inbox every single week. Starting out here with another one from Nils H. I think he's a first time contributor to this show on Twitter. <laughs> I, I've just I've never even mentioned Nils' name before. At N. Hirton on Twitter says, "Out. Why do we run Collins on important late drives? In because it works. Again, yes, best yes. from Germany. Staying awake till two a.m. for our Hawks." Great job by Nils. You know, although he's a first-time contributor. Strong contribution yeah. from a first-timer in Nils. Beautiful job. And staying up to 2 a.m. and then sending the tweet out for the first time ever. Four, the timestamp is there. 14 minutes after something had happened. And great job by Nils for doing that. We love it all the way from Germany. I great. hope the sarcasm translates because I feel bad for saying that Nils was a first-timer last time when he, he clearly wasn't a first-timer. Well, you know what? We had this, this influx of, of German contributors. So let's roll right to Christopher Rolf, who in the Discord, he goes by the Beast Mode 24 with the four as the A, but he goes, out, Hollister can't block. Catfish! And I don't know the specific play. Brandon, do you recall Hollister getting blown out on a particular play? But Christopher <laughs> from Germany himself was, you know, we got we got the beautiful yin and yang right there. We got Nils contributing with the, with the nice in that was kind of an out. And then Christopher's like, nah, there's nigh, Hollister. Hollister did get a 22 for a pass blocking grade. 
uh, for the Seahawks in this game. He gave up a sack, so it was probably on one of those Russell Wilson sacks that it, it clearly jumped out to Christopher. Well, Christopher, you could let us know which one really, uh, you know, tickled you in, in the inappropriate way. And speaking of inappropriate, Dan Weinholz, I'll just continue the out train because we got to We got to get this was a, you know, a three point victory after all. And Dan Weinholz says out red zone offense. He says, Clinton, is that too obvious? And, you know, Dan, it, it, it is and it isn't it's because of the intricacies, because of what we discuss on three and three out. I'm with you, brother. Come on, get it together. We got Brian Shaw going with the in and out sandwich. Carlos Dunlap batting down passes for the in and being involved in every play out. Our second half defense all season giving up big plays and not getting off the field. Do better. Yeah, you know, and I will say uh, Brian's a great dude. I believe he's down in Houston. I can't wait to get back on a plane and finally get a chance to get down to Texas again and meet the dude. Um, And with that, yes, and the, the big play thing is also hey, we kind of have a knack for big defensive plays lately. And these are the kind of games that we're probably, I mean, we play these games all season long. So I just feel like we practice playoff type endings more than other teams practice them and separations in the preparation. So I've been told. Yeah, especially, you know, going back to the the one with Benson Mayoa getting the fumble late in the game, allowing the Seahawks a short field to get Alex Collins into the end zone for the touchdown. So Yeah, when they give up those big plays, it's usually for the second half defense. There's something good coming behind them. We've been bundling all day. Should have bundled this one. Kenneth Reyes in the Seahawkers pod ring of honor. He's also calling out Hollister. He does give a little extra detail and says on that last play before the half, I got to go back and watch it. Clearly Hollister effed up somewhere. Man, oh man, Clinton, I can see why this was such a, a big issue for both these outs coming in in our From the Flock segment because Hollister initially lined up outside and you see Russell Wilson motion for him, say, hey, there's a lot of guys coming in this. Why don't you get inside to help protect me on this particular pass? And so Hollister (laughs) comes inside and what does he do? He, He blocks down on the dude. He doesn't even block the dude that's lined up on the outside. And that's the guy that comes in and takes Russell Wilson down for the sack to end the half. I remember that now. I tried to forget it, but but now I'm back. Thanks. Jake Burdine coming in. Russell Wilson did not forget that his guy, David Moore, needed one catch in this game. And Jake says, if the David Moore flip isn't an in, I'm at a loss. That's absolutely amazing work, especially with Russ changing the call. Real time in the huddle really needs to be an MVC, but I'll let it slide if need be. Well, we appreciate that, Jake. You know, I saw that you had contributed this, so I kind of kept it off my ledger. Love, love. You know, I hate actually I kind of hated it in the moment. It was like, what are they what are they doing? Like, why do these things? And then when the story comes out and you have the confidence, you're like, you know what? We could execute this literally with our eyes closed. We're getting my guy, his touch, get his reception, get that hundred thousand dollar bonus. That's great. Listen, this is a dude who took a pay cut, right? He took a pay cut to come back to the team, to stay there. This is like the thing that Russ can do. Buy him a scooter. You got the offensive line lineman a scooter, Russ get more scooter, give him the little pop pass, 100K to you. Hey, spend it wisely, big guy. And out from Biscuit, Russ denying accuracy issues. I mean, I guess it makes sense that he won't publicly say it, but at the same time, we aren't blind. I keep hearing they won't let Russ throw enough. Um, They are, but he's overthrowing targets. 
you know what? Biscuit has become quickly one of the uh, the most observant of the flock out there. Always bringing up these these great observations. I didn't hear the the accuracy denials. Of, uh, Brandon, was it happening like post game? Was he kind of just like, no, that's yeah, not. I an think issue? this was a press conference conversation because a lot of people wondering, you know, what. And and Pete was asked about it too. He was saying that in a lot of these situations, it's Russell throwing it away. But you know when it when it's so close and when it's or or you just see it consistently enough, you you do start to wonder if it's accuracy, if it's I don't know. We just don't see Russ throwing the ball away a whole lot, if ever. Yeah, Russ throwing that away is the same uh, the same excuse as uh, the Eagles saying they had to give Sudfeld if that's how you pronounce his name, Duff Boy, you know, uh, they, had to, they had to observe him, right? They had to see if he had the stuff. And they took it, they took out uh, Jalen Hurts and put in put in Sudfield. This is lame. It's okay if Russ is like just kind of denying that. And I get that Pete's not going to come out and be like, yeah, he's just, he's just been off. But, you know, hey, a little bit of real talk. Russ was like, what, 0 for 7 at one point with deep balls? I'm not sure what he ended up with, but... It just seemed like every time he was going beyond 30 yards and he he tried quite often, he wasn't just off by a little bit. This wasn't like fingertips so the dude slowed down. He was just off. And, uh, you know, hopefully he writes that because that deep ball is so friggin' important to, to loosen things up, the respect of the deep ball. And if we don't have that there, man, it's, 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 it's. How's that for crack analysis? Uh, just all those sounds. That, that's, uh, that is sound analysis. And we could take that right to Goff's thumb, a.k.a. Flocktimus Prime. He put up a grotesque image of uh, some sort of de- deformed thumb in the Discord. But he does say, out, the offense playing more to get franchise records and player bonuses than to win the game and show anything sustainable to beat teams in the postseason. Now, I will quickly push back on that a little bit and say, hey, you know, when Lockett gets 12 receptions and, you know, they already beat the milestone, but it's like they got Lockett going early and getting Lockett going early proved to be crucial for us to win this game late. So I do hear you on some of that stuff, Flocktimus. Brandon, what's your take on like, is it just the offense not getting going in general? Or are you a little perturbed about like trying to achieve these little, these milestones while we get there? I, I definitely felt like the milestones seem to be more important in this game. And maybe it's because they did all come at once and then you had the game finished that way. And so that I think to me, that's what gave me the sense that it just seemed like that was more important. And And even hearing Pete Carroll talk about how Well, when you see the guys throwing the ball off the football field, like they have it in their mind, they know that that's what they're going for. And I thought once they kind of got away from that, got over those, you know, kind of got those out of the way, then we would start to move the ball more. But the the opposite happened. And so, you know, maybe that was kind of in everybody's mind, too. It was like, okay, cool. They got that. Now let's go get the win. And then it was like the offense went to sleep for about six straight drives. Yeah, maybe we should set some, let's do this. Let's set a new milestone for the game against the Rams. Ready for this one? I've got a milestone of of DK Metcalf having 120 yards receiving. And I have a milestone of Tyler Lockett receiving 13 passes. How about those two? Can we just, can we just put them into the ether and will them into existence? Yeah, and I think the, the drives where the Seahawks went dark were the ones where the 49ers scored on. So that fourth drive, they get the field goal. And, you know, we we talked about that third down play that was drawn up for Tyler Lockett in the end zone. They don't hit on that. They take the field goal. The next drive is a is a punt. 
Then they finish off the end of the half with you know the Hollister sack and negative 16 yards with 25 seconds to go. And then coming out of the half, it's three and out, three and out with both of those possessions. Meanwhile, you have the 49ers getting the field goal before the end of the half. And then coming out of halftime, they get 13 more unanswered points. So, yeah, the it, it was frustrating because the 49ers started lighting it up as soon as the Seahawks offense went dark. Well, I think we solved it. We just ran out of milestones. We just need to put other things out there and then just do that throughout the game. This is problem solved. Look at that. This is not even hard. That's all you got to do. And moving back to the flock, we got Brian DeLude comes in with an in. Myers missing the extra point. So we didn't settle for a tie game on fourth and five. I love this so much because I, I saw other people commenting. They're like, I was thinking the same thing. And I was like, he's saying what I'm thinking. It was, it was so amazing to me because I was so immediately into that same vibe of like, well, you know what? We can't settle for three now. We're not going to be able to. So uh, Brian loved that very much. Oh, because they were down four points. They had to come back and get the touchdown now. You did the math. Look at you. Look I was so you. confused when I read it. I was like, yeah, got to break this down for me here, Brian. Gotcha. Hey, listen, you know, I've stumbled at, at some simple things in the past. So it's I'll, I'll give you a pass on that one. One, I will not give a pass to because it's a good call out. Slopez7597 in the Discord says out. Prevents defense strikes again. I don't understand it at all. And this is, of course, at the end of the game. We take a substantial lead and then we just stop just we just stop. We just say, you know what, Niners, you can march all the way downfield, score and get the, you know, get the extra point and then try it on side kick. Why not? Why not give you just the, the, the slight glimmer of hope that you can get back into it versus just, oh, I don't know, playing defense for a few extra minutes. Slopez, I don't get it either, brother. Derek Williamson at Derek W zero says third down stop on the 49ers first drive. They loaded the box and didn't give up that blade of grass. Can't wait to see more of this kind of dominant play in. Love it. Love it. Sticking with an in from Aaron Fisher in, in the Seahawkers pottering of honor. Funny. He goes with in Lockett and Metcalf breaking team records. There was more that he contributed there. A little bit about his gambling habits. Sorry about the, the bad, the bad beat you suffered there, Aaron. Uh, you, you know, for me, I think everybody knows I'm a huge Lockett fan. Even earlier in the season, like week one, week two, I'm like, hey, Lockett is the one. Lockett is the one. And then slowly but surely over this, as the season progressed, it was like, well, you know what? It's all right. Lockett's the two. Metcalf, Metcalf is the alpha. And then as the season continues to wear on, the last game of the year, who has the big blow-up game? 12 receptions, 100 receptions on the year, 10th touchdown to match DK on the year. It's Lockett. So we got this beautiful balance with these two dudes. Can we just put it all together for a playoff run, please? It's got to happen. It's got to come together in the postseason. We got to see it. And the in from BWAG's biceps, it goes back to Tyler Lockett. As Russell Wilson seems to have forgiven Tyler for whatever it was that made him invisible the last few weeks. Also, given the in to Michael Dixon, tackling the catfish out of the punt returner that one play. And B-Wag's biceps also throws in the out there. Apparently, it's it's in vogue now, Clinton, to put your bad beats in your betting losses into the out column. Yes, all the de degenerates are coming out in the Discord and the Ring of Honor. And uh, you know what? Uh, welcome home. You're, you're right. You're right where you should be with the, with the rest of us. Speaking of right where we should be, I want to give Keon in the city some love here. He says in 
K.J. Wright, the screen pass destroyer. Man, oh man, K.J. Wright, he loves, that dude, that dude eats screens like Galactus eats planets. I don't want to give some love to the Seahawks Nest uh, podcast, some good dudes. They've been talking about K.J. Wright eating screens, you know, basically all year now. And one more while we're, while we're at it, Shelton Giggles also says, and I love this, in K.J. Wright in the ring of honor next to Bobby when, when it all gets said and done so that everybody could look up and see both of their names side by side forever. You know what? I don't want to get all nostalgic, but I'm about to cry over here. It's so beautiful. Hey, while we're talking about linebackers, how about Henrik Hoxson in the Discord, giving the end to Brooks? He's the best first-round pick in forever, and he's coming in to this game once again, back-to-back games for Brooks, leading the team in tackles. Hey, Jeff Scott out on Twitter, at Jeff Scott Taz 12 I think I got that right. He's giving that love to... Uh, it's Jeff Scott AZ. It, Jeff's in Arizona. Oh, oh okay. Once, uh, yeah, I, I put the wrong emphasis there. <laughs> I, I thought it was, I thought it was like the Taz, like the Tasmanian devil there, like Scott Taz. Scott Taz. I could, I could see a really like bad that. tattoo. Yeah, Scott yeah. Taz from now on. Scott Taz 12. Yeah, I like it. But he gives the, he gives the in to the big soul taking hit from KJ Wright. But he also says that he loves seeing the Kyle Juszczyk just bounces up and kind of gives a smile afterwards because the dude respects that KJ put a licket on him and it was clean. He's just enjoying the game of football the way it should be played. I can respect that. I actually don't know if Jeff is in Arizona because, you know, I'm not a stalker or anything. And, and normally you would capitalize those AZs in a, in a state abbreviation. So Scott maybe maybe Taz. I don't know what I'm talking about here, Clinton. Scott Taz 12. He's got a tattoo to prove it. Let's close this out. Mariano Rivera coming out of the bullpen. It's Hong Kong Hawk giving all the ends. Playoff game on Saturday. Saints on Sunday. Rest day if we survive Goodell's crooked refs. Excellent job there, Hong Kong Hawk. I agree with you, although I don't, but I love you anyway. Let's go, Hawks. Brandon, We, I, I'm, I'll, I'll leave all the, the pontificating to you guys have other pods you're going to put out there. What a beautiful show. Let's continue this lovely momentum, a 12-4 and four season. We're home. Let's take what I want to see is energy early. Let's take the lead. Doesn't have to be 14-0, but man, oh man, 7-0. 13, 13, 3. Let's get out in front of these lambs and go get the W. This is ours to win. And with that, there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. You want to take the next one? Even though I just did that one, didn't I? Uh, oh yeah, you did. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. And I just went, I just, I just went, mm, mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I was so clever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <clears throat>